With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, this is Rudy Sarzel back here with The Dash and today's guest is the one and only Eddie McClintock. <laughs> I know you know Eddie from uh, TV shows such as Warehouse 13. Yes. Shooter. Correct. Correct. And what else? Uh, I was on a show called Stark Raving Mad. That's in right, yeah. With Tony Shalhoub and Neil Patrick Harris. I know, yeah. We did one season. But I've basically done guest spots on almost every show that's ever, <clears throat> excuse me, ever existed. I, I kind of like to think of myself as the the most uh, successful anonymous guy in Hollywood. Yeah, it's like my wife would be watching like Friends and she goes, is, it, is that Eddie? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there he is again. <laughs> there he is again. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine sent me a picture last night from King of Queens. He's like, is that you? Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had real long hair. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of a you know, yeah. wannabe rock star. Do you always want to be an actor when you were a kid? Um... No, I I uh, I wanted to be when I was a kid. I just wanted to be a state champion wrestler. I, I wrestled. I grew up wrestling. Yeah, where did you grow my, up? My, in Ohio, in Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio. Yeah. That's the football hall, hall of fame. fame. Yeah, yeah. We, li- there, we yeah. lived we lived right near the hall of fame, so I used to go to the games quite a bit. And who uh, plays there at that stadium? Uh, the Canton McKinley Bulldogs. Oh, okay. It's so a high, local, it's a high, high school, school. Yeah, I mean, you know, and th- they're the oldest high school football team in the nation. Really? And they used to be uh, a pro team called the Canton Bulldogs, uh, Jim Thorpe. Or other than being an, an Olympic, you know, athlete, he yeah. was also a great football player. Oh, yeah, an athlete, yeah. Yeah, he was just an athlete. Well, well, so, we're rounded. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be a wrestler, but I loved Mad Magazine. I loved... Saturday Night Live, like my dad took me to see Animal House when I was a little kid, and we were just talking about t- the other day. He was like, "Was I a bad? Was I a bad father?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank God, you know." Uh, but uh, so, and I always, um, I always got a kick out of making my mom entertain, entertaining my mom, making my mom laugh, and my mom struggled with a lot of depression and stuff, and so. It was kind of, I took it upon myself to yeah. kind of try and, you know, bring her out of, of her, her yeah. depression and stuff. So. Uh, at what age did you decide to basically, you know, of course, leave Canton, Ohio? Right. Was that, you just went from Canton straight to Los Angeles? I went down, I graduated from high school, and then I went down to wrestle in college at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrestled for three years and then I discovered um, uh, Trent Reznor and uh, Nine Inch Nails and and LSD. LSD? And, yeah. Uh, but your dad had nothing to do with this, right? No, okay. no. No, I actually came home from college after years, 11 years of wrestling and being, you know, that 
type of kid yeah. to, you know, I came yeah. home dressed as Trent Res, like, you know, like I was yeah. dressed in all black. My yeah. hair was bl- black. I, it was shaved on the side. What and, year was this? Um, this is right when Pretty Hate Machine came out. So it would have been 88, 89. See, when I think of LSD, I think of like Monterey Pop Festival. Right, right. You know. Right, well, you know, like this is contemporary acid. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it better than the original acid? Man, I don't know. New and improved acid? You know, the, thing about, the thing about what we were doing when I was doing that stuff in the beginning, um, we would just hang out and talk. So it wasn't like, I mean, a lot of the other people were, were like going to clubs and that stuff. That wasn't really our thing. We just like would sit around and pick each other's brains. So in that respect, I think it probably was a little bit more like it used to be, like a little more throwback. I think it was LSD was, I I may be wrong, but I feel that it was more of an intellectual experience back in the is that is kind of like going on social media and talking to people (laughs) well it when i was in 89 there was no social media so yeah but i mean kind of like that (laughs) yeah well no no because it's not it wasn't hate filled god social media has just become such a poison hasn't it uh but anyway um let's not go there uh but but I, I then, you know, I went through that phase. I went mm-hmm. through a phase where I kind of rejected my wrestling background because mm. I wanted to be considered an artist. I thought of myself more as an artist. Yeah. You, I had always um, you, you drawn paint. and paint, painted yeah. and was in art. And and so I kind of thought, well, well maybe I'm maybe I'm not that maybe I'm an artist. And I, you know, as a as a kid, you don't. I guess I wasn't able to conceptualize the fact that maybe I was both. Both, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm. I've always been very extreme. Um, I'm either doing it mm. like a hundred thousand percent or not at all. Mm. So I didn't. You know, I'm very polar. I t- tend to be very polarized mm. in in that respect. Uh, much less so now because I'm so you know I'm mm-hmm. almost 18 years sober and I've kind of come back toward the middle of you know now that I'm now that I'm you know half a century old mm-hmm. I've it took me a while to figure out but I feel mm-hmm. just more comfortable now uh, I, I mm-hmm. consider myself an artist but still an athlete and and mm-hmm. both are okay with me so. you know I, I definitely do get the uh, the whole you know, man athlete uh, connection because uh, I was reading a self-help book years ago, and it was ba- one, one of the themes was that difference between men and women, the fundamental difference, uh, is that men tend to compete. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of competition, you know, and women test you. There's competition, men, you know, like that's why- In the test. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, we do that in, in bands. Mm-hmm. Bands, you know, not only are we competing with other bands, especially back in the day, because it's a little bit more kumbaya nowadays. But right, back right. in, you know, when I was, in, you know, back in the '70s and '80s, and there were certain bands on the on the Sunset Strip, and everybody wanted to be the king is right. macho, sure, 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 <laughs> you know, type of attitude. And there was a huge competition. Sometimes you switch around and you start playing with the same guys in different bands and stuff like that. But 
your band was your gang, and then you were competing. It was you against the world. They're basically. your brothers. Yeah, your brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, your tribe. Yeah. yeah, and then you know when you look at, at the at the uh, the relationship with between the standard relationship between a man and a woman, standard. Standards, there's different standards. We'll put it in quotes. We'll put it in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> different standards right. today. But sure. let's say just the average, you know, old school men and women relationship. Sure. You know, it's, it's, I, as far, as far as I can recall, my relationship with women, whether it was my mom raising me or teachers in school, crazy girlfriends, my wife, uh, it was all about me always trying to impress them sure by by completing certain tests that were laid <laughs> upon me by them right. jumping through <laughs> certain <laughs> hoops if you will yeah. and i looked at it as a way for women to prepare men in a in a the again the traditional role for you know for the world life. you know to face life. to face all the challenges in life absolutely absolutely know? so I I, I I can see you really being involved in the whole really competitive world of athletics but also yeah. there's an artistic side to you that I, that I see that flourishing with your acting oh thanks thank you yeah I never I I was conflicted you know I was like I, I was like well what am I am I you know, am I an artist? Am I an athlete? Mm -hmm. Like, um, do I hang out with the athletes, mm -hmm. the jocks, or do mm -hmm. I hang out with the artists? You know, I, I started when I, when I quit wrestling, I started hanging out with the artists and, yeah. and a lot of the artists, um, were gay, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so all my old mm -hmm. wrestling buddies were like, Hey, did you hear about Eddie? He's, he's gone gay. Like, like, well, yeah, different I, I wasn't gay last year, but yeah, yeah, yeah different times. I, I went yeah, gay, yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, it's just a different mentality. I, yeah. I had trouble separating the mentality, yeah, yeah. but then um, you know, there's a lot of gay athletes that have yeah, come out, and I think yeah. that has uh, diffused totally that situation. Totally. I mean, you know, now we're here, we are what 25, 30 years I later, know. 40 years, 40, I know. 40 maybe, 35. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, I guess more than anything, I always wanted to be a musician more than an actor. Yeah. What? Were you listening to music back then when you were a kid? Well, luckily, my dad, um, I mean, my dad, when I was from the time I can remember, you know, my dad had a, either vinyl or an eight track when I was growing up and he had... You know, Grand Funk Railroad, um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, um, more, you know, The Doors, Zeppelin, yeah. Black Sabbath, um, George Harrison. Um, so, so I mean, I, I lucked out. I, I was raised on what I consider to be historically some of the best yeah. music of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, like I was listening to some moody blues the other day and I just was like, you know, listening to the, just the, I mean, not to sound too snobby or whatever, but the nuances of the music yeah. and the, yeah. the changes and stuff. And then, yeah. you know, you kind of, again, I don't want to knock anybody, but you, you listen to what like the number one song is today. It just doesn't, there's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to hold on to. I mean, you can walk out of the room going pop, pop, pop. You know, you can, it, yeah. there's like a beat to it, but um, 
I don't know, man. I, 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 and Pink Floyd, I don't want to miss out. My dad, I know Dark Side of the Moon. My dad and I used to listen to Dark Side of the Moon in his, in his room. We'd turn all the lights out and the eight track tape player had four little lights on it. Yeah, and it, when it clicked from yeah. one to the next. Yeah, yeah. I remember laying in there and just listening to Dark Side yeah. of the Moon and just being like. How did music influence your artistry as a painter? and also as an actor hmm. um music is was it is still but not as much as it used to be because for me music is harder to find now it's like all of my found music has already been found i feel like like i'm always looking for new music to, to, to yeah. get into yeah i want new music mm -hmm. because you know i mean i've been pretty much you know like i still listen to a lot of the music i was listening to mm -hmm. when i was a kid yeah, yeah. and um uh, i've found some good music uh, in the past few years um there's a band called interpol um a uh, band of horses i like a lot yeah. um you lean more towards like the nine inch nails tool i i, I used to when mm -hmm. i when i when i because i've always been more of a I mean, you know, Zeppelin, I would say, is yeah. to me, like, if, if somebody asked, yeah. I, Zeppelin's yeah. what comes yeah. to my head. So yeah. I guess so. But but um, not not necessarily. I, 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 I frankly, I, I've never been able to get into, like, like, rap music necessarily. But pretty much, although I love old Run DMC and, like, Ice-T and um, LL Cool J and stuff. Yeah. But... Uh, um, I don't know. I guess my my musical tastes are pretty diverse. When mm -hmm. I was down in Dayton, Ohio, you know, I got into Hank Williams Jr. and and Hank Williams and Randy Travis and um, but for so long, I mean, I've always said like songs for me are are memory triggers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. I can be sitting in the car driving and, and a song will come on and I'll mm. think about my best friend mm. from ninth grade when we were back doing something and yeah. I'll call him. Yeah. I'll just be like, I was thinking about yeah. a song came on and, and, yeah. and like, I love music for that reason. Yeah. You know. I find it amazing that I can actually listen to a song for the rest of my life, you know, once in a while. And um, but anything visual like a movie or television show, uh, there's only very very few that I can actually right. keep watching, yeah. you know, repeatedly. Right. Yeah. So there's definitely a Jaws, a, Goodfellas. Yeah, but um, but yeah, music. Yeah. You can hear the same song pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, a billion times and yeah. still be still be into it. Yeah, and they're definitely uh, memory triggers. I mean, as a, as a matter of fact, you know, I am a member of the Guess Who nowadays. Right. And And that's a band that I grew up listening to, you right, know, on the sure. radio. And every time I'll be on stage, I'll, because we, we we play about, yeah, we have a catalog of 17 hits. Uh -huh. And we, we including the new songs from the uh, album that's coming out, we, we put in a couple of those in the set, but it's majority is the songs that the crowd wants to hear. Right, sure. So <laughs> I'll be on stage and I'll be laughing or smiling during a song. It has nothing to do with what's going on at the moment. Right. I'm just laughing about something that triggered off a memory right. sure. of back in the day. You know, like some crazy girlfriend or whatever, you know. Sure. I'll be laughing during these eyes and going like, these eyes. And right. like, 
Yeah. Well, I told you, you know, as soon as I as soon as I hear Guess Who, it reminds yeah. me of my college roommate John. Uh-huh. Um, he and I specifically got really into the Guess Who together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I had I had liked the Guess Who songs up until then, mm-hmm. but then we started like specifically listening to the Guess Who and listen to all the songs on LSD. No, he, he, he didn't think. <laughs> no, I, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> he he he, uh, he wasn't the he was he was one of my jock. You know, oh, okay, buddies. I got so, it. I got it. So I this it. was this okay. was before. This yeah. was I just before can think of LSD the Guess Who being jock no. music, you know, oh. with like titles like uh, "Share the Land," right? You know, right. So kumbaya. You know, you know the thing about the thing about the a lot of my the people who then I ended up gravitating to. Uh-huh within the wrestling yeah. team were had art an artistic you know like I got they, it. they were yeah. in so they were on the <clears throat> in the spectrum of that group they were I guess you know yeah. to the side of being yeah. more into the arts and, yeah. and film and yeah. um, I mean I've always been into film my dad was a big you know I my dad's such a huge influence on me. Yeah. I mean, the, he he taught me to appreciate film. He taught me to appreciate music. He taught me to appreciate, you know, like the things around me. Um, you know, he, he, we used to go to Ocean City, New Jersey every summer. I played there. Yeah. Uh, you do, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and we would stay at the Jer- at the Jersey Shore in in Ocean City. Mm. And at the end of every summer, my dad would take my sister up to this to this thing on the boardwalk called the Rocco Plains, which was kind of like a giant Ferris wheel. And they stop every car. Every car gets like 10, 15 seconds to stop at the top, at the very top. And it looks out over the ocean and everything. And my dad would take us up there and he would do it every year. Eventually it became kind of a joke. We were like, oh, headed to the Rocco Plains. But you know, my dad's like, that's right. Because we're gonna go sit up there and and I'm gonna say, Look around, look at what, you know, yeah. look at your lives, pay yeah. attention to what, you know, mm. you know, not everybody gets to do this. You're lucky, mm. you know, yeah. and I, and I've never forgotten that. Like when I moved here to California and I'm driving by these mountains and I'm like, man, those mountains, I hope I don't ever lose sight of how, you know, yeah. beautiful the mountains are because I'm, you know, cussing at somebody on the 405 because yeah. I can't get yeah. to my crappy job in time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but how I became aware of you as an actor in the show Warehouse 13. I was on the road at the time in a tour bus that kept breaking down, or, or at least the air conditioning kept breaking down in the middle of summer. Queen's Right. The, yeah, the Queen's Right, the Jeff Tate version of the band. And um, I was on the road and it was crowded in there, so I spent a lot of time on my bunk, you know, watching Netflix. And uh, I came across Warehouse 13. And all of a sudden, you know, I spent a lot of time in the punk <laughs> sure. watching the show. Sure. It was like, wow, this is amazing. Because, you know, uh, joining that band, one of, the, one of the great things about it was that I, uh, I got to play with my brother for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, on tour. Right. On the road. I mean, we grew up playing together, but this is on the road, right? So I'm watching the show and I'm beginning to get a sense of a family. Mm-hmm. There is, There was a lot of heart and soul there is to that show because it's still available for people to uh, to tune in 
on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. And I, I wanted to spend more time in my, in this, in your world, the warehouse thing <laughs> right. in my bunk right. than I did in my reality that is going outside of my bunk. Into- <laughs> You're on stage going, wonder what's going to happen to Pete next. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get back and, you know, keep watching the, uh, yeah, you guys by then had like maybe three seasons available on Netflix. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm beginning to like really connect with the people on the show as right. characters. Right. And I say, you know what? Let me see if there's anything about them in real life mm-hmm. you know who are these guys you yeah, know yeah and you had done a few interviews video interviews on youtube and what really made me connect with you was the one you told the story of how you got the audition right you want to you want to tell us uh, how, how I how I got the yeah edge? that the moment the your process your thought process of feeling that you were being that somebody else got the part oh right 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 well um, you know I I had done I had done a lot of um, I had played a lot of you know stupid guys you know like the Joey archetype from Friends right the kind of good looking dumb guy. Mm. And I had told my, I had told my manager. I said, you know, I don't, I don't see a future in that. Like, I think it's limiting. I want to mm-hmm. try and do. I think I can do other things. I think I can be more than just, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the good-looking dumb guy on a on a sitcom. So, we kind of made a stand, and uh, and it and it. It created a, a dry, a real dry period for my career, um, and it, it was tough. I, we had we had just had our son Jack, and then 17 months later, our son Max was born, and and, and it was almost uh, almost two years where I was just like, you know, I'd do a guest spot here and there, and then I got this audition for Warehouse 13, and um, my manager. My manager said, uh, you know, this thing, Warehouse 13, go in, check it out. I went in. I thought I did a pretty good job. Um, the uh, exec producer laughed a lot. I remember mm. that. He was laughing a lot. Uh, unfortunately, the script in and of itself, the, 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 the pilot episode was written more like an X-Files episode. Mm-hmm. It was written, it was darker. It was, mm-hmm. and, and so, um, but they called me back anyway. And so I went into the test, and the test is, is it's, oh God, it's, it's so, I can only think that it's like American Idol when you get down the nerves, and that it's because you realize what, how your life could change mm-hmm. if you get this job, and they put you in a room with 20, 30 executives, and they're all sitting there with their arms folded, <laughs> looking at you like, you know, judging you. And um, so when I got to the test, there were six Pete's there and uh, six Micah's. Uh, and usually at a test, they have it whittled down to two, maybe three. And I'm walking in and there's six. And I'm just like, oh, great. They, they have no idea what they want, right? So the day started and they, they started mixing and matching us. Okay, Eddie, you're going to go with this Micah. And then, you know, when you come out, then you'll go with this Micah and da 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 and um and as i was sitting there um 
one of the Pete's came out of the audition room and the director poked his head out and he was like, hey, hey, Jimmy, come here for a second. And he, he put his arm around him and he walked him down the hall. And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, I, and I'm standing there in front of all the Pete's and Micah's. And they're kind of looking up at me and I lose it. I, I was like, you know, I started taking off my tie. I started taking off my jacket. I was like, you know what? Let me tell you a little story. I got, I just had my second son, my second. So I've got two babies, two tiny little babies at home. And they got their necks stretched up into the air and their mouths are opening and closing. And they're waiting for me to, you know, whoa, to fly in and regurgitate the worm, right? And I got no worm. Do you understand that, you guys? I've got no freaking worm. And they're all looking up at me like, you know, like I lost my, I mean, you know, I was much more animated than I am here in front of you today. I just, you know, I, I, I'd be, I'd gotten to the point of such frustration with the whole business and everything. I just thought, what, what am I doing? And then, like, um, Joanne, who I hadn't gone in with all day, who would eventually become my, my co-star, <clears throat> she called me over, and she had me sit down next to her, and she was like, dude, it's not over. It's We're still going. And, you know, I'm shaking and, you know, red-faced and pissed off. And then the, the door opened, and the casting director leaned out and said, Joanne, Eddie, you guys are next. And then I... And then I, we kind of looked at each other and she was like, see, you, you know, I told you. So, so, you know, that in and of itself kind of had, we had created this thing before we even went in, you know. And then when we were in there, you know, we're in there in front of 20, 30 executives. And um, as an actor, your biggest fear, at least my biggest fear in the room is to make a mistake. Because you only really get one try. They don't generally go oh do it again they'll be like no 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 that's okay we've seen what we need so we're going through and it's a scene from the pilot um where we're supposed to be protecting the president and um micah joanne's character micah calls pete a showboat and joanne accidentally said showbot instead of showboat and we both stopped and looked at each other like how are we going to get out of this right and then, so then I just started doing the robot, you know, and I started going, showbot, showbot, warning, warning. And then I did this like, hee hee, Michael Jackson kick. Like, I didn't, it was like just free association yeah. for yeah, me, you, you know? Yeah, you remind you probably had nothing to lose. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I went to my safe place, yeah. which is com- comedy, yeah. you know? And, um, the whole place is now laughing, but they're like laughing and going like, what are we witnessing? Exactly. Like, what yeah. are we? And then Joanne, who is very much like Micah, was terrified that I was now blowing it for the both of us, you know, punched me in the shoulder. <laughs> and, I, I was, and I was like, ah, and I made like a big deal out of it like yeah. Pete would, right? And um, we walked out of there and Mark Stern, who was the head of uh, Sci-Fi West at the time, turned to everybody in the room, and I found this out later, of course, but turned to everybody in the room and said, that's the show right there, those two. What I just saw, whatever that was, that's what I want the show to be. 
And, you know, um, ironically, from what, from what would be the biggest fear for an actor to make a mistake ended up being kind of what created the show. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so, uh, I've tried to learn a lesson from that about my, you know, any tests that I've had since then. Like, you know, don't be so afraid, but it's hard. It's yeah. hard. You know, you, 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 you sign all your contracts, you, you, go, you look at it and you go, I'm going to be making how much a week? Yeah. And then, you know, your brain starts going, don't, don't screw this up. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, just watching you right in front of me reenacting that moment, I, I, I got the same sense. That, and that, and that, what I got from watching you on video talking about the moment was that I, I you know, I, I thought this guy gets it. You get it. You, you put your family before you put your own career. You weren't freaking out because my career is not doing this or that. Mm. You were freaking out because you were not providing for your family. That's right. And I, which I think it's that's interesting. I've never yeah. I've never that even was my gone angle. there. And I that's when I say, you know what? I got to reach out to this guy. That's what I went on Twitter, as well, it, well, it, and I reach out to you. Well, do, do you know? I, I told you when I was a when I was in the eighth grade, ninth grade. Uh, you know, I Blizzard of Oz was. I mean that that was the biggest thing to happen mm. to us kids. You know, yeah. like me and my bros. Yeah. You know, um, and as I said, I was in art. So I, when I was in art class, I got an assignment. I had to do a comic book, and uh, I did a comic book about uh, called. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne and the mm. Blizzard of Oz, and yeah. and they were and everybody in the band were jelly beans, but they were jelly bean superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> so there was uh, you know Ozzy Osbourne, Candy Rhodes, Fruity Sarzo, Fruity, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> different connotation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean you know times have changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. uh but um <laughs> but you guys were all superheroes, different uh, colored superheroes with capes and you flew together in the air and I look good in a cape. I'm, yes. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> uh and and so um and so um, you know, I mean I just I I knew who you were and I was a fan when I was 10, 11. So here I am going through my going through my uh going through my my Twitter feed and um, and I saw hey is anyone anyone been watching this show warehouse 13 I, I watched the whole series um, uh, uh, the you know of the ones that had been released yeah. up to that point on on the bus during the Queens tour mm. and I was like what what is and then I saw your name, and I was like, "It's Fruity." I was like, "Holy Fruity, Batman! It's Fruity! It's Fruity Rudy!" And uh, I mean, you know, then I I was just like, "Hey, man! Hey, 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 hey!" And then we 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 started talking, and then you were like, yeah. and then you and then you sent me over to Billy Morrison. Billy, you yeah, said, yeah. You said, "Go, go, say hi to Billy Morrison," yeah. and. And uh, I mean, you know, you and Billy have since become 
you know, two of my favorite guys on the planet. I mean, there, there, there aren't too many guys that I know that are just better dudes than you He's guys, a good dude. You know? He really is. He, Super he, talented. He, you know, and his, his artwork is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. He, he um, uh, the both of you are such generous, just humans, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, and, and I guess yeah. you can you could tell that because that's what you went to when you saw my my interview that I that I was thinking about family because you know I had never thought about that that no I guess I guess uh, there are people out there that would have been more concerned with my careers and ruins yeah, exactly. yeah. and all that yeah. stuff you yeah. know uh, uh, yeah all I could think of was yeah. how am I gonna how am I gonna feed my kids and put my kids through yeah. school and make keep Lynn you know give her a pair of Christian Louboutins every now and again you know. Yeah. The important stuff. The important stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you uh, are not just some Hollywood type, just, uh, you know, look at me, look at me, you know, attitude. Yeah. Well, and and now I look back and that's where my athletic career, you know, like being a wrestler for 11 years, wrestling in college for three years, uh, I've, I've bled. I mean, and this isn't, you know, I'm not speaking figuratively, I've literally you know, I've I've bled. I've bled for my brothers. I've I've, um, and and I've been physically tested and emotionally tested. Um, you know, my I grew up. One of the sayings was, you know, mental toughness. This this whole this whole thing. It's all about mental toughness. Like, what can you endure mentally? And I apply that to this to this crazy business that I'm in because. Um, I mean, it's all mental. That's all it is. I mean, you know, like I had that show for five years, mm -hmm. Warehouse 13, and the two years before that I hadn't worked. And mentally that was, you know, like, do I quit? Do I stay? Do I go? What do I do? do I, should, I get a, should I get a job at fucking McDonald's? What do I do? And, um, and I, I attribute the fact that I hung in there and stayed you know, I didn't. I didn't run off and and destroy myself with drugs and alcohol, exactly. which which uh, I watch happen on a daily basis out here. You know, as you know, and in mm. your business, I mean, yeah. the most talented, beautiful people, mm. they can't. They just can't hack it for whatever reason. They mm. they, they destroy themselves, and um, so so now you know I'm much more comfortable with like you know, more accepting of, of uh, my artistic side and my athletic side. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.